I'm Scott Cooper, and this is the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome Jack Rasmussen, the founder of the Caddox Cleat Company. This innovative cleat utilizes small movements in the studs to prevent non-contact injuries. Jack and his dad took an idea and made it a product through research, trial and error, and ingenuity. This is a fascinating project that is available for pre-order on February 14th. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast, so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com. Yeah, I got you. Um, so you found yourself a, a shoe to be a shoe industry guy now, but uh, how did you how did you get to this point? What brought uh, you to this? Yeah, so that's kind of a long story. I'll try to try to make it as short as possible, but um. <laughs> Essentially, my father was watching a soccer game one day, and someone tore their ACL, and he like called me in the room. I was I was like a teenager, just got out of high school. Mm-hmm. And he said, what if shoes could like rotate? And I'm like, I don't know if shoes could rotate. And he's like, Well, I feel like that could be the mechanism for injury prevention. Mm-hmm. Both kind of sat on it and contemplated it, and he just, you know, he was like, I don't, I don't have time to do this this whole project, this whole thing. But if you want to do it, it's all yours. And I'm like, I'm 18, like I'm <laughs> barely passing high school, like <laughs> it is right now. So. Kind of a couple of years went by, and I just kind of kept it in the back of my mind. And uh, one day I, after work, I decided to just go buy a cleat and just see what the inside looked like. Tore it apart, whipped it open, kind of built like a different shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, just h- hoping to make some sort of thing rotate in it. Because, like, when you look at an ACL tear, you get your foot stuck in the ground, and then you kind of, like, have that lack of give. Mm-hmm. So, and, and my dad's an advertiser. I was working as a housekeeper in Utah. <laughs> we don't have no background for this, but um, ended up teaching myself quite a bit of biomechanics and physics when I was 19. Um, mm-hmm. My dad and I actually wrote our first patent, and we kind of had this, this, uh, this layer configuration of our cleat sole that each layer had a, had a specific job that could flex a certain degree and level. Um, went to university out west to get it tested, came back positive, um, got hooked up with Oz Generator. They're important. They're kind of like the shoe gurus of the world. Mm-hmm. years ago and then sort of fell into biomedical field um someone reached out to me at biomechanics lab um they do a lot of footwear testing for professional sports and they tested our cleat and turns out we actually do have something to claim that it does re- reduce rotational load responsible for injury so oh, cool. um not a shoe guy but i'm definitely a cleat guy now so right. yeah yeah i mean that's a it's a huge world to be in right i mean uh, there's cleats everywhere and they come out new ones come out every month every week it seems like um, yeah from different absolutely. brands um so yeah get into like how yours works and i'm looking at a picture of it right now um like how the cleats allow rotation or you know, even if I'm, i don't even know if i'm stating that correctly yeah. but no you're doing great um yeah. so essentially these studs will just flex it's that um, little yeah that's kind of the only degree of flexion you need to alleviate a lot of the torque responsible for non-contact acl mcls and high ankle sprain injuries so mm-hmm. um 
it's not a ton of flex. Like whenever you show someone like, oh, I can never run in straight lines. Like, well, you absolutely can. We had tested by athletes, professional athletes, college athletes, but it's, but it's just it's just a little flex. And just the front studs flex, these are the normal traditional rigid um, mm -hmm. studs, but these just move laterally and you know back and forth in any direction. Uh, and like I said, if you ask any athlete what happens to a person, their teammates, when he or she tore their ACL, it's the, the word we always use is stuck. You know, you get yeah. stuck on the ground with a turf monster or whatever. This just allows you to be free. That's it. So at, at some point, I mean, there's this contentious debate between turf versus grass versus, you know, whatever. And, like, I'm not going to lie to you. All the playing services are not ideal for athletes. They, they're not. And the cleats don't give and the field won't give. So ultimately our bodies give. And that's just wrong. So the fields will never change. They won't. So something something has to give. It's the studs. It's the cleats. Mm-hmm. So talk about like how can an athlete still plant, change directions, that sort of thing with this, you know, increased mobility of, of their contact with the ground. Yeah. So it's not, it's not enough movement to affect and act as a detriment towards someone's ability to cut or perform or run or translate linear to lateral and nothing. It's, it's not that much. I know, I know you see me look at my fingers and you think, wow, if I have my, my body weight on that, I mean, that's going to move considerably more. And that's not really the case. It's, it's only set to a certain degree of flexion, so it really can't go much farther than that. Mm -hmm. um, and we had this thing. So all the, all the, all the others out there, they're wondering if they can perform well. We had this tested with 1,200 pounds of force rotationally, and like that's about the max a human can produce, and it didn't waver. It didn't impede the ability to go a certain direction. So... Right. It's been tested. It's it's the same thing. It's just a little bit more more freedom in terms of your joints and your ligaments stuff. You don't want to be compromised, right? Yeah. Um. So talk about the testing. Like uh, when you said you have professional athletes tested. I mean, what what's kind of the standard test, and and how are they? What's the feedback been? And and um, you know, how do you know it works? I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we did a. Uh, we did in the lab testing, not with humans, with cadavers and machines and force plates and all this stuff that mm -hmm. I only know so much about. But that testing is essentially when does the cleat give? When does it slip? Is the rotational setting still the same? Is it is it safe? Is it more efficient? Stuff like that. Um, as terms as far as the human ones go, I played college football. So I pretty much made prototypes my entire college career, and I would just call my friends, but hey, can you please talk quick? Right. We did that for a while. And then as we kind of grew and got a little more recognition, I had some NFL players wear them last year in, in testing, not like in games, but just testing, ran some drills, um, and, and no one could feel any difference. So that's kind of like our goal, is to mm -hmm. have this thing function the way it does, but have athletes be unable to tell the difference. Because if you can feel it move, you're, you're going to kind of get freaked out a little bit, but you can't feel it. So, but no, everyone did drills and they ran and, you know, ran routes and DB drills and it's the same. It's exactly the same. So mm -hmm. there's, there's no, there's been no, no one saying it feels like it's loose. I feel unstable. I don't feel, I feel too mobile. None of that's, none of that's occurred. Right. Um, we need to get uh, Pacheco to try him out where he runs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, are you focused mainly on soccer right now, or um, just any sport can wear them? Yeah, so we're doing we're doing men's football the first year, 
and then we're going to do women's soccer the first year. We're not going to do men's soccer. Um, we're just trying to get that get that advantage to women's sports that they need and they deserve and they haven't had yet. So um, we're, we're doing that. And also, they're at way higher risk of ACL injuries. So yeah. um, we're going to women's for the first year, maybe even first two years. We're not sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're, we're at. And then the cross, where I was making the cross ones because the cross cleats are essentially football cleats and soccer cleats just labeled the cross cleats. So, um, yeah, no, no baseball. I mean, rugby you can, but just specifically men's football and women's soccer. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Talk about, uh, um, like, how, how do you make this happen? Like, how do you become a shoe company? You know, you had a great idea and you went through testing and patents and, and now you're ready for production. Like, how do you find a place to produce it? How do you end up with that cleat in your hand and then able to, to sell it to your customer? Uh, a lot of luck. I'll say that right off the bat, man. A lot of luck. Um, I think, um, I mean, I was during the beginning of this, I was super lost. Like I had no idea. I, I knew nothing about cleats or manufacturers, intellectual property. I think the big turning point was when we hooked up with our generator in Portland and they've been making shoes for decades. These guys are just like the guys you go to if you have any problems with shoes or questions about footwear. Um, they've been, they've been, kind of aiding this whole process they've been serious in the right direction they have a manufacturing connect in china um you know they're in portland which is a shoe mm-hmm. shoe capital of america um it's it but it is a lot of luck it's right timing i mean i found myself in the right place right time more than i deserve to be in my opinion um but uh, yeah it's also just you know i don't know I, I think an idea is only as good as what you do with it i mean this this was an idea, and now it's a it's a tangible thing I can hold in my hand, which is amazing. But I mean, you know, it's it it takes hard work and obsessing over and connections and luck and all these things kind of play into this just melting pot of uh, you know reality. It's exciting though. I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely surreal to to see it come to fruition. So that's for sure. Yeah, I imagine uh, you and your dad are raising a glass to. You know, having a having a cleat in your hands and and uh, rip yeah. off of a napkin that you drew on, you know, however many years ago. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I was telling my dad this the other day actually, because so these came in a few days ago. We have our friends running around these all over the country, but these came in like five days ago, I want to say. Uh-huh. And our first prototype I made in our garage, and I combined like blue dish soap and quick hardening caulk. It makes like this transparent rubbery substance, and like I ripped the sole off a cleat and i put that on there so i could just watch it move and like uh-huh. that was our first prototype and now we got you know this actually decent looking functioning you know kind of high-end product and it's just you know right long, long time coming so we're, we're raising glasses all the time here so <laughs> good good, good. You should, as you should so um there's been a lot of testing like of, of ligament tears you know grass versus uh turf and, and you know men versus women and that sort of thing and like you said there's a higher rate of in, of um injury in women mm-hmm. um that's cool that you're, you're focusing on women's soccer because um I, that they happen all the time in yeah. women's soccer obviously so um talk about like how you're marketing that to um let's talk about women's soccer because that's kind of where we are in this uh podcast thing um so talk about, you know, how you're marketing and, and what age 
can start to wear them and and all that good stuff. But just kind of a product info download and then um, how you're getting the word out. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to women's soccer, we're just we're not first of all we're not targeting the youth sports yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to keep it a adult thing for now, just because kids are still growing and that's just I don't want to say it's messy, but I'll mm-hmm. say that like messy. That was a soccer joke. It actually was. <laughs> well done. Um, well done. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to. We're, we're focusing on women because they deserve it. I mean, and ultimately, there's a greater need for it than men's sports. There just is. There simply mm-hmm. is. Um, so it's it's the same concepts. The stud orientation is different. So this is the men's football cleat. Um, mm-hmm. The studs will be configured a, a little differently based on the anatomical differences of women and men, just because of that's, that's why they get their ACLs torn for the anatomical differences. So, uh, it's the same thing. Um, we're, I know our Instagram just looks like football right now because we have Instagram or NIL athletes we signed from college sports, but we're actually signing two soccer players this week. I can't tell you who it is. Yet. Um, but we're, we're looking to get some testing done. Our women's cleats come in in about probably a month. We're going to send them out to different colleges, different girls we know playing college sports in the professional levels as well. So just cool. kind of going about it the same way. Um, but unfortunately, men's football is a bigger market, especially on social media. So we're we're pushing both, but men's, I mean, men's is coming in at different wavelengths. Um, but I'm excited to start, you know, letting everyone know who we're signing and, and what we're doing with women's soccer. I'm, I'm really excited. I think this could be so big for the sport and just that whole entire space because they don't have anything that the men don't, you know what I mean? They don't have anything to different themselves between different. I, th- I think it's very, I think it's wrong, but I'm excited because you know, it's, it's a necessity. So we're just trying to push it out same way, same way as football. But like I said, sign our first girls this week and uh, we're going to give them their, their cleats. They can, they can try them out and wear them and, and market them if they, if they, you know, feel they deserve marketing and, uh, yeah, same, same approach, kind of. Cool. Um, yeah. So, obviously, like we said, there's a higher rate of injury in the women's game, and that's really cool. That I mean, I love the way you say that. Like they deserve it. So, um, that's certainly true. Um, have you like? How did you develop a different cleat pattern? Is that based on you know the science or? Um, kind of testing or how did how did you determine that they needed a different cleat pattern there's been a there's been like decades of literature on this very subject like stud orientation stud length stud placement um conical versus plated studs and then you have all that information based off of gender specific sports so we're, we're kind of just taking i mean we've even it sounds like a dumb term. Like we've been taking those in this for 10 years. Like we, I mean, we're kind of up to speed with everything that's going on in terms of the, you know, the coming outs of all this information. So we're just kind of basing it off that. Um, and also, like I said, the, the people we've, the people we've asked for counsel for this, I mean, they've written these papers before, so they know they're guiding us in directions that, you know, we wouldn't be putting ourselves in if we didn't have them on our team. So right. uh, we're looking at what people have done before. We're looking at what people have tested, we're looking at people have approved, and we're, we're, you know, getting advice from biomedical engineers who have PhDs mm-hmm. and stuff, and they, you know, they understand it on a level that I will never understand. So I, right. I, I don't want, I don't want to speculate too much and say the wrong thing, but you know, yeah. we've done our homework, and you know, it's, it, it's, it's a time and place for football studs and women's studs, and you know, 
we're we're going two different ways. Are those uh, are they replaceable? Like no, okay. They look replaceable, but they're not. That we there's remember the screw in studs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those never worked out very well. <laughs> um, right. They've they've tried that for years, and all companies have, and you know, ultimately, I think they just it just didn't pan out the way anyone thought it would. So we're not going to do screw ins. They looked cool. I mean, they did look cool when I was a kid. It was cool to have you know some studs, but it was, you only could wear them when it was absolutely sloppy, right? So um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, so are you gonna? I see that you have a, a black pair with kind of some teal detail, teal sole. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to explore, yeah, um, you going to explore new co- other colors and color ways and you're going to be, uh, trying to be fashion forward or, or how's that, how's that? Work? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're definitely going to be, uh, trying to be function forward for sure. But mm-hmm. a lot of the comments were like, we'll make white ones. Like, all right, we'll make white ones. Just, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So we're going to have uh we're going to have a white and a black pair the first year. Gotcha. This is this is very much a trial and error thing. The next few months, just to kind of see what everyone wants, like from a fashion perspective, not function. Yeah. But yeah, we're um, there's a great designer with our generator. Her name is Lindsay, and she's just elite when it comes to design. Send us new things every week, and we're just, mm-hmm. we have the things to pick from. We're sending to our friends, seeing what they think. So we're kind of gathering, you know, the data by the you know, from the masses to see what looks good. So we're gonna make a white pair, similar to this one, but the women's one will have. A little sock right here, like the kind of like the second ones. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be white and it'll be pretty sweet. I'm excited to reveal it. So cool. When are those going to be ready? Yeah, uh, probably by a month. Okay. Probably less than. Yeah. Cool. And so yeah. you're um, tomorrow, meaning February 14th, Valentine's Day, two Wednesday, not tomorrow, two, Wednesday, yeah. two days. Um, is your pre-order your pre-order sale starts right? Correct. Yep. Did I say that right? Pre-sale. Yep. Um, so everyone can get online. Football players, right? Can get online. Uh, any, any, anyone. So women's soccer or, or men's football. Okay, women's soccer and men's football can get online and order. And then, yep. so like, what hap- What's that process? And walk us through, you know, when they're going to actually be able to put them on their feet. Yeah. So Wednesday the pre-sale opens, and then this summer they'll be delivered. I know it's a long time away, but we're just trying to see, like I said, kind of trial and error um, in terms of design, who wants what. So if we if we sell out in one design and one color, now we know not to make up the color. So, right. um, yeah, but it, it's as simple as that. Our website will be live on Wednesday. You can go in now and enter your email address to be kind of have first access to the pre-sale. We're only, we're only releasing a limited number of quantity. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, they're, they're coming this summer and uh, probably probably june for the pre-sale orders and then everything else probably probably july so gotcha okay yeah. cool yeah. um what am i missing man i don't know man i think you did pretty good okay i mean it's exciting i i can't imagine like how like excited and probably nervous and and just like all the emotions all in one you know as you bring this thing to market it's, it's gotta yeah. be crazy for you yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot going on in my in my head. A lot going on in the right. with my dad and you know my my buddy Grant does social media and he's the guy in the videos you all see and you know mm-hmm. just it's we're it's fun though, man. And like I said, very lucky, way lucky than I feel like I deserve to be. But it's <laughs> a, fun, a fun spot to be in. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see like 
how it pans out and, and um, can't wait to see who you have coming in soccer wise. And um, I'll definitely uh, be following you um, on social media and all that. So yeah, please Jim, I'll send you a pair when they're, uh, when they get here. Right on. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I mean, maybe we can uh, talk about doing a, a giveaway or something for, uh, yeah. I'd love to, man. I'd love okay. to. Let me know. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.